Hello and welcome to this 101 episode of Hope in Struggle. My name is Mindy Lawhorn. If I have, we have not got the chance to be in each other's presence before, I am a widowed mom who is a business owner. Uh, God prompted my heart years ago to do a little thing called Hope and Struggle. It started just with uh, Bible studies, but just really, really short versions of, okay, what are the things I read? What were the things I was, you know, like going to in some hard times in my life? Okay, let me put all those together. All right, here's what I was doing when XYZ was happening, or here's what helped me get through this particular phase. And I kept thinking, you know, what am I doing? God, I, I don't don't feel like I'm the right person, you know, for this, but I've learned over all these years that it's not about, oh, you're so qualified for XYZ or, oh, you're a great speaker or you're a great writer is what it boils down to is, are you willing to share what you've gone through for the good of others? And I believe for the glory of God, are you willing to share that? It doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be from like, uh, all, all of this highbrow knowledge. It doesn't have to be from these horrible, horrible, ridiculous situations. It can just be with some of the simple, small things each of us go through, but that no one ever shares or talks about, right? But I believe wholeheartedly that uh, we are supposed to share not only our successes, but maybe our, our burdens, the things that bother us. We are supposed to share and walk through life together with one another. And this is my effort to do that with you. God has brought me through so much. And I know that he's not done. <laughs> like, like I'm kind of done. I'm kind of done with like hard times and things of that nature. But what if this is an avenue to share his hope and his glory with others? Then I'm going to do it. I've been encouraged by some really amazing people just to keep going. And, and I just want to do the same in the beginning of this podcast as we're into getting into like a hundred and you know one here, there's been a lot that's gone on. I started this podcast well before my husband got really, really sick. And I don't know, I've been a fitness instructor for 31 years. This is why my voice sounds like this. You know what I'm going to do? You always think my voice is so terrible or I, you know, am not a radio person. It, I think it's just doing what it is that you know you should do and just Get rid of all those voices in your head that are not from God, because God would tell you to do it for the good of others and for his glory. All the other voices tell you you're not good enough in one way or the other. So I refuse to believe that. And I thought I would start putting these on YouTube. YouTube's such a cool place, such a cool platform. Oh my gosh, it's huge, huge, huge. So why wouldn't I start sharing those here? You may just want to listen. You may think that girl has a face for radio. Hey, um, I don't really care. I just want to share good news with you. And that if I can get through so much, so can you. <sighs> Let me just share most recently, I would say what's gone on. God, like I said before, has brought me through so much. But I feel like right now, this is what he has brought me to share to you today. Four years ago this month, Lee went to heaven. Lee was my husband. I met Lee at a funeral. I'm not kidding. And I almost, I love telling that story because I remember meeting him, going like, who the heck is he? Is he like a cousin? Because see, I knew his family. I actually had grown up with his family, but he had been adopted. He was gone. He was never in the scene growing up in Wichita Falls, which is where I'm from. Never was he there. And then he's at this funeral. And they're like, oh, that's the oldest brother. And I'm like, no, it's not. This guy's the oldest brother. And they're like, oh, Mindy, you're out of it. He was adopted and they like reconnected. And now he's part of the family. And I'm just like, what in the what? In addition to the pain and heartache of, of, these people who had passed away in a private plane crash. 
It's a whole thing, huge Wichita Falls thing. And it was just heartbreaking, right? And I had also found myself a single mom. My husband had chosen not to do the things married people do anymore. Hey. And um, so I was single. I felt, you know, it's like such a loser, but God allowed me to meet the most wonderful man. All, oh, oh my word. I just missed that man so much. But within a few hours, he told me he had cancer. And I remember thinking, okay, like, like what weirdos? It's like, yeah, bring me some more struggle in my life. But I had always seen God work through struggle and I wasn't going to let him go. I'll tell you that much right now. Y'all aren't going to let him go. And so we got married, and then 13 years later, he passed away. I had a son. He basically took him in. And then he and I had a son together, Garrett, who's now 15 and a half. And if you're doing the math in your head, Lee has been passed away four years, like in just a few days. A lot of people have, you know, thought and said to me, and, and by the way, anything anyone said that's weird, I just it just rolls off my back. Most Wonderful, beautiful people have said some really cool things to me and things that I think God wanted me to hear. But one of the questions I got the most, and I I haven't got it so much this year, but in the past years, was the question of, oh gosh, you know, do y'all have so much trouble around Christmas now? Or or, do y'all feel so bad around Christmas? Do you dread Christmas? The answer is no, we do not. We love Christmas so much. We loved Christmas before I even knew Lee. I did. My boys loved Christmas. Lee loved Christmas. We love Christmas because of Jesus. So let me just get that out there. Boom, right now. Um, Does this time of year come with some of its own um, emotions and thoughts and things that maybe I don't even think about or feel like I can control 100%? Yes. Yes. I was walking into the gym this morning, by the way. I own a fitness business. Um, I started teaching fitness classes when I was like 18, 19. did a bunch of stuff in fitness, presented, got to be in some videos, like fun stuff like that. Actually, it's not fun to do a video, let's be honest. Fun to have been in one, I'll put it that way. Um, But Lee and I started a fitness business together that I still run and that is still so viable. Like I'm kind of blown away at it. But all that being said, fitness is part of my life just as much as Jesus is. Jesus is first, obviously, family, of course. But for me, my daily disciplines, I have to try to work out, I would say at least five days a week. It makes me feel better, you guys. It keeps me out of crazy town keeps me off that edge, and it just makes me feel better all over, over. So I'm walking into the gym today, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like a week away from when he passed. I remember in 2019, around this time, he was in the hospital. He went in the hospital right before Thanksgiving. They got him out. He's like, you can have him home for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, well, we're not going anywhere. You know, he's too sick to really take anywhere, right? And then he went back and never came back out. He passed on December 13th, 2019. And he was in ICU five days before that. And then he was there before that getting a ton of chemo. And we were just trying really anything, probably grabbing at straws a little bit. But we had decided, you know, okay, what's, what's the thing that maybe he can handle? What would be a really good shot for us? And they said bone marrow transplant, which is highly highly aggressive, but we were getting it a shot. Well, what he technically died from was um, an infection in his body, an acute infection that all of us uh, probably, well, muscles would probably never die from, but when you have such a suppressed immune immune system that uh, you have really nothing helping you fight it, uh, it, it took over his body quickly. He fought Five days. 
the first night we went in there, they were like, I, I want you to know he probably won't make it through the night. And you know, you're just like, what? What? And even though we always knew he probably would pass from cancer, never did we think it was going to be like this. I didn't think Garrett was going to be 11 and Andrew was going to be 17. I thought they would be like in college or, or older than that. I prayed for that. But God had different plans. And so here we are four full years later, like, like we will soon be in, working in the fifth year of being without him. I've learned a few things and I've made a note and made a list and I want to share those with you. So giving you a little history of, who he was, what uh, we've been through. Excuse me as I take a drink of water. Um, I adored him. He was the second best man, well, the first best man of two men <laughs> that I've ever known. My father was the best man I had ever, ever, ever known until Lee. And Lee proved to be as wonderful, as godly, as manly, and uh, all the things I feel like that I click with, he was that. Such a wonderful father, so much fun, so calm and forgiving and just, he, he was the same every single day. He never went to crazy town. He just was so calm and God, I miss that man. And so I can't say enough good stuff about him. And I know that like, maybe you're thinking to yourself, oh sure, when people die, you always say good things. Yeah, but he's different. I've known quite a few people that have passed. Him, in the years I knew him was everything I could have ever wanted. I've never been loved like that. Never been loved like that. And it's been very hard to be alone these past four years. And while I'm not alone, Jesus has taken over the rightful places. My husband, as I asked him to, I want him to, please, Jesus, you're going to fill the void um, of all the things. But, you know, I, with my boys. And so it's not like I'm alone. You just miss that companionship, right? But let me share with you some things I think might be good takeaways that you could use for maybe a season in your life, maybe even for a friend you have. Let's get to it. Number one, the only way around is through. As much as I don't want to tell you that's true, it 100% is true. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you've lost like I've lost. Maybe it was a mom, maybe it was a dad, maybe it was a sister, maybe it was a best friend. Maybe it was your spouse. Or maybe it was loss of a dream. Maybe it's something. But when we think about loss, we want to like hurry up and get through it. Or at least I did. What can I do to not feel this pain anymore, right? How can I speed this up? I think I probably tried everything possible until I realized if I don't sit in this grief and actually do the work of grief, I'm going to be grieving for the rest of my life. And while I think we do in some capacities, what I, meant, what I mean by that, it's going to hold me back. I'm never going to get to move forward. And Lee, my sweet husband, would have said these exact words. You ready? Don't be stupid. By the way, he was from North Carolina. He had a slow Southern accent. And when he said that word, which we basically consider a bad word in my house, stupid, that's a bad word. The way he said it would almost make you pee your pants. Don't, Manny, don't be stupid. Or he'd go, are they stupid? And it just was the funniest thing. So when I say that, I say that, you know, in, in a, a humor, with some humor. But every time I think about him and what would he say about our life right now, right? Me holding anything back, that's what he would have said to me. Don't be stupid. Don't waste your time. Mindy, you know where I am. You're supposed to live a full life. You've got to take care of these boys. Don't be dumb. Go, go, go. So instead of trying to shop my way out of, dude, don't, Amazon, 
click, like on a holster. Amazon, what else, right? Drinking. I probably drank a little too much wine there for a while. My body started revolting, and so I quit, thank God. Um, but sometimes we think, well, I need, just go, need to go on a trip, or I just need to go out to dinner with someone, or let me just get out of the house for a while. That'll take our attention away for a while, but it doesn't ever get us farther. The only way around is through. I say that out of love. Lean into it. Lean into it without running away from it. Lean into the good work that needs to be done through you in this difficult time. As a Christian, I know that the good work can only be done through Christ. I need him. I have to have him. But how in the world am I supposed to get through this when I'm kind of losing my mind, and so to speak? So one of the things, this is the second thing, that I had to figure out were my thoughts. So our thoughts run rampant, right? And we think we have no control over this. But guess what? We do. We do. Two of my very favorite uh, scriptures are in 2 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians 10, we're going to do 3 through 5. I want to start by starting with 5. And this was one of the things I thought about all the time. I would say out loud. I would pray out loud when, my, when I would start to lose my mind a little bit. And what I mean by that was when my thoughts would run rampant, when my thoughts would go in this loop, loop, maybe in the morning or at night, or when my house, like right now, is so extremely quiet. Side note, I begged Lee to retire from his job, to quit working so not only he could help me with all the stuff that I needed help with within our, you know, our fitness business, but that... I wanted him to be home. I wanted time with him. And I wanted him to be able to do everything he wanted to do with the boys, which was coach all of their teams, which was go to school a lot. He loved that. And he loved taking a very long time to work out. I don't care. He was such a good man. He was so good. He came and did all the stuff I needed to do. And so I finally, like, you know, had talked him into that. But what's interesting is all that time I was at home without him, I would get so much done, right? Well, then he was home now. So I would get less done because he would always walk in here and talk to me or do stuff to me or whatever. And the way he and I worked were vastly different. He could focus at any moment at the drop of the hat. I need a little more time to get my head right, to focus. I'm distracted easily, especially by music or a cute dog or something with glitter or long eyelashes, you know? And um, once I learned how to work with him at home, Everything was fine. Now transfer, trans, you know, forward, trans, what? Anyway, move forward to now. It's so quiet. It's like deafening, deafening. It's so quiet. And I have to manage through that. And one of the ways I do is 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We demolish arguments and every uh, pretension, every pretension. Oh my gosh, I can't say that word. Sorry. We demolish every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to be obedient to Christ. All right, so those of you with anxiety, this is the scripture I share with so many people. And you're like, oh, my thoughts are just out of them. How do I get my anxiety down? And I know that anxiety has a lot to do with a lot of things. This is the beginning. The second has to be nutrition. Listen, I'm in fitness. I'm in nutrition. Cleaner nutrition, you have less problems overall, especially with your brain. It affects, it all starts with food. You don't believe me? Go research it. Please read the book, It Starts With Food. It will change your life. It will rock your world and you'll be mad at it. And then you'll be so thankful for it. But when my 
thoughts get on that loop, when my thoughts start going crazy, when I think, what am I going to do with my life? When I think I will never date again, when I think, what about the business? What about the kids? You know, I'm having to do this all on my own. I hate that I'm a single mom. You know what I mean? I really, 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 really dislike there not being a godly, manly figure in our house all the time. There's not. And God did it for whatever reason. And so when I get on that crazy train, I always say, God, take my thoughts captive. Please, I pray right now, please take these thoughts captive. Lord God, please take this captive and I'll specifically say what it is or whatever in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I do that. And you know what? I have to do it a couple of times sometimes, but you know what happens? He allows me to start thinking about something else. He decreases my anxiety. He decreases that oh, inside my heart and inside like my body where I feel it. He answers that prayer every time. But I don't let it go and go, oh, I can't. Oh, God, you're not answering me. I never say that. I do it until I feel it gone. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. And then when I think about, well, maybe I'm in that loop or when I'm starting to get sad again and think, I will never find love again. I, How am I going to, you know, keep all the businesses running all by myself for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Everything is me. And I'm just going to say this for a little bit. I'm not griping. I know God has handed me this for one, you know, for his purposes and his reasons. And I'm going to do the best I can from it. But just imagine that you had a partner in every way. I, you know, took care of my stuff. He took care of his stuff and it worked. It meshed. You know what I mean? Like he took care of the cars and the landscaping and the house payments, all the payments, all the investments. I made the money. I cooked food. I went and got the food. I did all the kids stuff, you know, that like I felt I was supposed to do. He did the kids stuff he was supposed to do. It was such a good, such a good thing. And then it's all gone and I'm in charge of everything. And I know many of your single moms or single parents. So please know I'm not being a baby here. It's a lot, especially when you own multiple businesses and you are doing it from home all by yourself. It's a lot. So when I think those things of like, I'm not good enough and now I'm 50 and now I'm uglier, right? And now I'm older looking and like, you know, am I being the right mother to Garrett? God, please don't let me push him too hard. Please let me push him hard enough. Like all those thoughts. And then when I hear the voices in my head that are like, you're not good enough. Oh, you're not doing it right. Lee did it so much better, you know, or blah, blah, blah. I remember this whole scripture set that I'm sharing with you in these first two bullet points. Second Corinthians uh, 10, three through five. For though we live in a world, we do not wage war against the world, but we fight against the weapons and principalities and evil forces of this world. And we demolish them all with God, and knowing that we do not fight against flesh and blood, it's all of that. And the most powerful way we can fight, actually our best weapon is prayer. And that is what I do. I will just start praying. And I would remind myself, ah, oh, wait a minute. All those are lies. All those things that I say I'm not good enough and that I will fail and that I'm not doing it right, those are lies. And so I'm gonna lovingly tell you that. Anytime that happens to you, you've got to shut them down. And yes, you can, because I do it all the time. And so can you, and we have these scriptures to prove it. So number one, the only way around it is through. So you got to lean in and you got to go in and you do your grief work, however that works, whether that's with a counselor, whether that's journaling, whether that's each day going, I'm going to think about my late husband today, right now for 30 minutes. You will not even believe the work that it does. It's like it fast forwards your healing. It fast forwards that grief work and then it doesn't surprise you when you're out somewhere with friends and all of a sudden you start crying, which by the way happens. So second, captivate all thoughts. Number three, 
think on these things. So when I um, did get sad, and when I'm not necessarily in a negative loop where I don't feel like I'm listening to any of the devil's lies or anything like that, but when I'm just like sad, and I'm just like, gosh, man, I had it so good, you know, for so long, and how am I supposed to do this now? And, and you know, you start just like, <sighs> I go back to Philippians 4, 8, where he basically says, finally, everyone, brothers and sisters, think on these things. Think on these things. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Now, you may be thinking, oh my gosh, it's like Disney. Well, not Disney now, hey. But you know, it's like these little fairy tales. No, 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 no. God is saying, get away from those traps of you know depression and, and constant self-focus. Like so, we're so selfish, you guys. The selfishness, ugh. you know, all of the thing, the negative things, all the things you don't have anymore, and you did once. What we're supposed to do is switch that mindset, and with His help, praying with that, praying for that, He will help us do that. But think about what is good, what is praiseworthy, what is admirable, what is noble, what is excellent. Think on such good things, and that helps us through. And that also gives us something else to do with our thoughts. Number four, lean into it. It's kind of along the the idea of the only way around is through. But sometimes when we're feeling something, we try to push it away, or or I don't have time for that, or that's going to mess things up. Sometimes we have to lean into it and go, okay, I'm going for it. This is what I'm thinking about right now. God, help me deal with this. Help me get this prioritized properly. Help me think about what parts of this I need to think about, and you do your good work through it. But we can't just do it alone. And I've got two scriptures that I want to share with you. First of all, Romans 12, 2. Hi, I have this one written down right here. Hi, how are you? Someone tell a joke. Romans 12, 2. You ready? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. So here's what's cool about Romans 12 too. We can't just decide, I'm going to have a transformed mind. You know what I mean? I'm going to not follow the patterns of this world. I'm going to be different. How we gain a transformed mind is through Christ how he can allow us to think differently and not so worldly and not so in the flesh and me, me, me every day and all, you know, is through him. And it lightens our load. It lightens my spirit. So leaning into it, I can do that with Romans 12, 2 and with Psalms 119, 105, which is thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Meaning I need God's word every day. His word lights my path. No, it doesn't light it for like the next five years. It doesn't uh, show me what I'm going to do for the next, you know, whatever, uh, four months. It gives me what I need for today and how to get through today. And then guess what? In the morning, I'm going to get his word in my my head and my heart again, whether I'm reading it or listening to it or writing it. Get his word in your heart, sweet friends, daily. And you will experience your heart being lifted. You will start to think less about all the junk in front of your face 
and more on what is eternal and what truly gives us peace and love and hope and joy. And I don't mean happiness, because happiness is like when my food's coming at a restaurant, I'm happy. If like new shoes come in the mail, I'm happy. But that doesn't get me through my life. Joy does. And joy is the knowledge of our hope. The joy is the knowledge of our future. And joy is something we can lean on whether we have money or not, whether we're married or we're widowed. Joy is something we can have whether we have our dream job or not, or got whatever or not. Joy is something that only comes through Christ. And so those scriptures, Romans 12, uh, 2, and Psalms 119, 105. And the last and final thing I want to leave you with, with basically how do you get through four years with such a devastating loss? How do you keep going? How is it that you're not just jacked up? Because think about how messed up it could have gone. It could have gone left quickly. I've read a lot of books. I've read a lot of excerpts. I've read a lot of stories on people that have lost and specifically widows. And I tried to find widows that like own businesses or widows that uh, were fitness people. I mean, like those are harder to find but specifically older widows. And I don't mean 60s, 70s. I mean like late 40s to 50s widows. Hi, because that's me. And I unfortunately came across some of the most heartbreaking stories because some of these widows had no foundation and they kind of lost their minds. Some of them went and spent all the, maybe the money that they got when their husband passed away and just lost it all and then had nothing, right? Because they just, or trying to feed their, oh, their, you know, grieving hearts with stuff, and that never works, right? Um, some other widows needed attention so desperately. Um, they did things, you know, with other people and physically with their bodies and and just trying to feel something, right? And it got them in a terrible position. Some um, couldn't live anymore, and they did, you know, things to end their own life. And, and, and others you know, did very radical things like chop their hair off. And by the way, who cares if you chop your hair off? But you mean like chop their hair off or, or, or all of a sudden it's like a whole whole different color than it ever was. And they lost a lot of weight or they gained a lot of weight and they're going out to the bars and finding them men's and stuff. And I mean, I say that kind of jokingly, but if our foundation isn't deeply set, if we're not deeply rooted, then when the winds come and the storms come, regardless of what that title of that storm is, um, some of us can lose footing and we do some things to just like, oh, like, like we're falling down a hill kind of, we're just kind of grabbing at anything to lessen the fall or lessen the pain on the fall or, or, or lessen that final thud. And it does things that hurt us, you know, for a long time. But I also found stories of quite a few widows that were deeply rooted, deeply rooted. And I'm going to let you know, they were all deeply rooted in Christ and that while they had just as much pain as I have, possibly more, they kept him the main thing, as difficult as it was and as painful as it was. And I want to do the same thing while I share all the ups and downs. It's not pretty, you guys. Grief is so unattractive. Oh my gosh, it's so unattractive. And it makes you so selfish and it like takes away all of your self-confidence, which is so weird because you were who you were before you met that person, right? But you built your life with them. They were part of you just like your arm. You, you know, when you get married, you're supposed to combine. And when your arm's gone, you notice it. When, you know, your right leg's not there anymore, you know, you notice it. And 
man, it's hard. And it's, it's real hard to figure out who you are now. What am I supposed to be, God? Who am I supposed to be? I want to be the person you want me to be through this. But how do you do it? I don't know. And I don't have any answer. And I don't want to sit here blubbering in front of you because I want to encourage you. And I want to give you hope and show you the reason for my hope. Although I'm very flippant human and I cry sometimes on a Monday afternoon. But let me share my last and final point with you. Because at the end of the day, what matters is who we glorify and who we share the good news with. Let me read you a couple things. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. I've read that so many times. Be strong in the Lord in his mighty power because I am weak, you guys. I am so weak. And then I remind myself of Romans 15.13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with love by the power of the Holy Spirit. Real fast. I wish I had every scripture memorized that well. I did a weight loss thing after my first son at the church, and it was called at the church, and it was called first place. It's kind of like Weight Watchers with Jesus. It was remarkable. Love that. But you couldn't weigh each week until you said your memory verse. And they gave you this CD. Yeah, I said CD, music CD, and it had that memory verse of the week in a song that someone sang. By the way, it was terrible. It was awful. But I would sing it, and I can still sing every one of those, and that was wonderful. But that is one scripture, Romans 15, 13, that God has just imprinted on my heart. May the God of hope, he's, he's my God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace. God has never let me lose my joy, and I praise him for that. It's only because of him. It's only because of him. I've never lost my joy. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, and I do trust in him, so that we can overflow with love by the power of the Holy Spirit, because of all things, you guys, and I know this is not how Christians are known, but it's not about a religion. It's about the relationship we have with Jesus. And above all, we should be loved. We should be loving, especially now, especially now. Let me leave you with this last thing. I'll go over a little points one more time, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to be done. David Powelson, P-O-W-L-I-S-O-N, wrote this, and I felt so compelled, and I only share it with you. I spoke about this at the Boldly Women's Conference, and I ended with this quote, and here it is for you. At the end of the day, the human heart is searched by God, and people will reveal their character in their fundamental life choices, even through disease, disabilities, horrible nature, nurture, cultural settings, loss, and so forth. That's why we need a heart that is constantly being transformed to be like Christ. And the good news is that because of God's mercy and grace, the gift of a new heart is ours simply for the asking. You guys, God is that good and he is real. He wants nothing more than you. He doesn't want your work. He doesn't want you to look a certain way or be a certain way or, or, or go to church a certain days or a certain place. He just wants your heart. And it almost seems too simple, but it's not. I praise God for that. My gosh. And like these last four years, I keep thinking I have failed him. I have failed him, but I haven't. I probably failed some other ways, but y'all, we don't fail unless we give up. We don't fail unless we stop. But I think struggle is part of the story. 
I know it is. My sweet friend Rebecca was is in a Bible study, and she said, hey, I need to share something with you. You might want to speak about it at some point. But the quote she sent me was this. If we remove all the hard parts of our story, where will the good news be? It is through the struggle. And I believe that that's where the good news comes from, is realizing we all struggle. We all struggle, and it's okay. It's struggling well, probably, that we need to work on. And I think that's what these main five points are, are for you. Number one, the only way around is through. We can't get away from it. We're, do it now. Do the hard stuff now so that you can get that next season and that it doesn't keep coming back to get you. Our thoughts matter. And we can take those thoughts captive and we can, number three, think on higher things. The Bible says to think on those things. It says to so we need to do it. Number four, lean into it. Ask for God to transform you, to transform your mind. That was Romans 12, 2. And also use God's word daily as a lamp into your feet. Psalm 119, 105. And at the end of the day, what really matters is our hearts. God can help you. And I pray that this blesses you somehow, some way. And if you know someone that's lost, if you know someone that um, is grieving, will you share this with them? As a grieving widow, speaking to another widow freed my heart because you feel like you're in it all alone. You feel like no one understands you. No one gets it. Another grieving widow does. And as many widows have sat with me as I told them my story and they have just the most peaceful smile on their face. And what that says to me is that there's hope. And I'm looking at them, say they're 10 years ahead of me in this widow game. I'm looking at her heart. She has peace. She has hope. And that's what I want. I want that for you too. Let me pray for you. Jesus, God, thank you for this time. Lord, thank you that you can. we can do podcasts. And they're so easy to do now. Thank you, Lord, just God, most of all for you, for your word, for your hope that you are real and that you sent your Holy Spirit here to us as our helper. Jesus, God, I praise your holy name. I thank you for what you've done and then what you're going to do. I know it's for purpose. I know it's for a reason, God. I pray most of all, though, that this will draw others to you, that it will minister to people, that it will help them. Lord, God, because sometimes I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and this is so dumb and I shouldn't be doing it. But I feel that anyone would think that but what do you say is that we are supposed to love on others, Lord God, for their good and for your glory. We're supposed to share the good news, Lord Jesus. And I just can't imagine that you would bring anyone through a hard time just to take them through a hard time. There are reasons and that we are supposed to love on others using the same hope and love that you gave us within that same time. Lord, I lift all this up. I lift up hope and struggle. Do your will, God. Show us what to do here, but do your will with it. I lift all this up in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with Hope and Struggle. Thank you for those of you that have been here for years. I will continue to record. I plan to do a lot of things in 2024, but most of all, I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing these. If you ever want to know more, if you're ever wondering what else 
um, it is that Hope and Struggle does or the things that God has put on my heart to do, come to MindyLawhorn.com. That's just my first and last name.com. And everything I do, everything we have is there for you to check out. I'd love for you to do that. Thank you so much. <laughs>